0: Tune in for Weekend Talk That Matters, only on KFNX.
1: Nestum Dorma from the opera Turandot, I Will Conquer, I Will Conquer. Welcome to Healthy Vision, the talk radio show to help you conquer your vision loss. Dr. Edward Kondrat is a board-certified ophthalmologist and homeopathic doctor, author of four best-selling books, and president of the Arizona Homeopathic and Integrative Medical Association. Healthy Vision is dedicated to bringing you the latest information for a lifetime of healthy sight and to help you conquer your eye problems. And now, your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Uh,
2: Welcome, everyone. And I'm just so excited, Healthy Vision is back. And for 22 years, uh, my radio show in Phoenix, Arizona on KFNX, I broadcasted Healthy Vision every Sunday for 22 years. And I listened to that beautiful intro. That's from the opera Torandot. And uh, Nessim Dorma, it's a very moving aria, which about, about conquering. And that's the purpose of Healthy Vision. I really wanna help you Conquer Your Vision Loss, and this is the inaugural episode, and I'm kind of excited to have Dr. Sarah Jang join me, and uh, she's a rare bird. Uh, I met her when I was giving a webinar, and she's actually one of the few eye doctors who who embraces homeopathy, and she's bringing it into her practice, and she's really a gem. It's nice to have someone else out there. That believes in the homeopathic approach. So I think you're going to find this radio show very exciting. And we're planning to have healthy vision once a month, uh, the last Saturday of every month. or we make it make it on Friday, depending on um, my guest and his time availability. But you can go to healthyvision.us. That's not .com, Healthyvision, all one word, .us. And you can sign up and we'll keep you up to date. But I don't wanna delay anything. Dr. Sarah Jang, welcome to Healthy Vision. And uh, let's begin, Um, I'm gonna move the slide here. So who are you? And uh, uh, I really wanna find out about uh, why you uh, became interested in optometry and what led you to homeopathy?
3: Well, thank you, Dr. Condra, for inviting me to your show, and uh, it's my honor to be here. And um, as uh, you have mentioned, my name is Dr. Sarah, and I practice optometry and homeopathy near um, Ottawa, Canada. And I'm a wife and mother of a two-year-old son. And I was born in South Korea and immigrated uh, to Canada with my family when I was uh, 11 years old. And most of my family was involved in eye care even my sister is an optometrist and many of my cousins and uncles and aunts uh, they all work in eye care field and when i was young i recall being introduced into natural healing and that was when i was in korea and it was by my grandmother um, she was not educated in healthcare, care but she had that strong belief and she was smart and became self-taught or educated in acupuncture. And she definitely had built this um, uh, reputation within local community where uh, she provide that health care as uh, she began to treat and heal many people using acupuncture and herbs uh, within the community. So she began to pass this to my uncles and my um, uh, father, and they also became strong believers in using natural healing uh, methods. So, you know, the first um, um, recollection of my experience with natural healing was when I was uh, around five or six years old. Um, For some unknown reason, I started to not able to walk and I developed this weakness in my right leg. And they didn't know why. And my uncle um, he, uh, asked me to come get treated with uh, his acupuncture. Um, and after only a couple treatment, uh, you know, I was actually able to begin walk normally. and that's the first beginning um, you know, encounter with the natural healing for me. And I also recall growing up, like my dad always told me, you know, eat well and keep moving and that is the best medicine required to keep you healthy and he will never never take any type of medication unless it was absolutely necessary and so like looking at my childhood and looking at my family history it was definitely instilled in me that um, since young that it was in my blood and that I was attracted to holistic and natural healing yeah but You know, going fast forward, like how I was trained and how I got really interested in homeopathy, um, we moved to Canada and my uncle was the first one to become uh, an optometrist in my family. And ever since high school, since I had my first exam with him in Toronto, I knew I wanted to be like him. So, I completed a university degree at the University of Waterloo, and I applied to um, Illinois College of Optometry in Chicago. And in 2006, I um, uh, made down, uh, moved to Chicago to begin my studies in optometry. And when I think back, you know, the time that. I spent there, it just felt like it was never-ending because there was some long days of uh, quizzes like assignments, exams, internship, externship, learning to apply all the knowledges that I learned into the practice um, was a very, very long, that's how I felt like. But now looking back, it's all blurred because it just went by so fast. And after I graduated, I moved to Buffalo, New York for a couple of years and I worked at the Lens Crafter where I gained a lot of experiences and confidence in my new uh, found profession. And I was getting very efficient in seeing patients, but you know how corporate uh studying works, you know, their main goal is to make money so they were uh, asking me to see more patients like every 10 minutes I'll see a patient so the patient's visits were very quick and um, that's how they uh, made money to sell more glasses and I knew at that point that this is not something that I'll be doing for a long time and after two years of practicing at the lens crafter um, I made way back Canada and my sister and I actually found an opportunity where we opened a practice together and we ran that practice I mean I was there for 10 years with her and we actually ran that practice into a very successful um uh uh, uh optometry clinic in Hamilton Ontario um but that's when that decade of practicing like I hit this cross road, a wall in my career and I began to think you know is this it like is this what I will be doing for the rest of my life and I'm sure I mean other optometrists uh, I'm not sure who are in, uh, an attendee here or other professions may have uh, encountered that moment you know you've been working 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 and you hit at a point like, I'm not sure if this is the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I, I love being an optometrist, but after a decade of working with that, within that profession, uh, I began to ask more questions, uh, looking at how I viewed myself and my career. And when I did that, I realized that I began to dread Waking up in the morning, going to work—it's almost like a flashback to how my parents were waking up in the morning with no energy, forcing themselves to get out of bed and get it to go to work. And they had a convenience store, so it was the uh, countless hours just watching the clock and just to see if when they can return home, rest, sleep, and just repeat that same thing over and over again daily. And You know, my profession was completely different from my parents, but the way I was uh, uh, living uh, was same as my parents. And I remember um, once upon a time that I promised that I would never choose to live like that, like live to work, uh, as opposed to working to live. And I unconsciously fell into that same trap. Yeah. So. When I look back my past decade optometry, I, I was actually working almost like a assembly line. So where my patients will come in to get examined, but each patient I was doing like exact same thing, same exact same thing over and over the same action, the same motion, the same routine, the same spiel. And you know, everything almost exactly same from patient to patient with very little change aside from those odd complex cases. And I was literally a zombie. It's like working like an autopilot by that point in my career. So, you know, my patients were happy though because uh, they were getting what they wanted and uh, with my eye care. And, but then for me, I didn't feel rewarded because I felt that there's more to this profession. Uh, There's more to offer. Uh, other than just uh, giving a routine eye examination and just giving new prescription for them to uh, fill. So at that moment, my passion and excitement that I had when I entered optometry school was pretty much gone. Um, I slowly and gradually began to lose my love for optometry, and it just became another job where I'm just making money. Um, you know, I don't want to sign so negative because, uh, you know, don't get me wrong throughout my career, uh, there was a lot of experience and situation where I made my patients extremely grateful and happy, but it was me who I felt that there was something missing. And a lot of times while working in optometry, I was very discouraged. Um, whether like it glaucoma, macular degeneration, or cataracts, I would Often, you know, let them know the condition were inevitable. That it is uh, possibly from genetic factor, or you know, it's due to aging. And it really had a pessimistic outlook in the future of that condition. And they were really happy to know what's going on in their eye and the diagnosis, but they left helpless and no hope because. I've been telling them that it, the treatment is uh, either life of uh, lifelong of eye drops or other meds or surgical intervention. And I realized that this also affected me emotionally, um, because I'm the one who had to daily tell the patient these bad news. and that around that same time, I actually met my husband, uh, who is a chiropractor. And before I met him, um, my understanding of chiropractor was uh, that they just come in for back pain, and you know the chiropractor cracks it to relieve that back pain. But I was surprised to learn that I was wrong. Because we're both uh, healthcare professionals, like we often discuss how we treat patients and um, also relieve the stress uh, from that day by like telling each other what we achieved uh, for that day uh, of work. And um, I learned from him uh, about how he practiced and that really impacted my career. Uh, You see the chiropractor, uh, the way they practice is uh, definitely different from uh, how I, as an optometrist, treat a patient. And what the difference was that the chiropractor looked at their area of concern and treat the patient as a whole. And they actually relate their concern to everything in their life that may also affect it. And so, When they come in for back pain, they will also question about their lifestyle, their stress levels, sleep patterns, and family relationships, physical activities, emotional state, diet, all different factors, and and treat them. So, you know, I was thinking, like, could this be actually applied in my professional optometry? And I'm a doctor, and I'm here to change someone's health care. And was I just uh, addressing just their vision? And I started to implement um, his concept in my optometry practice and, and experienced uh, quite an uh, amazing shift. Um, the shift in my interaction with my patient and I had a new experience with my patient that I previously during eye examination never had. And it gave me new appreciation to the profession and more importantly for my patients. So my love for optometry somewhat rekindled at that time. Um, So I began to, uh, you know, uh, spend more time with my patient. Instead of seeing them 10, 15 minutes, I would increase time for 30 minutes to 40 minutes. And I really listened to all their healthcare concerns and um, whatever they wanted to address and not just the vision. And I would help to give a strategy that I know uh, that they could implement in their lives to uh, help a system. And I realized what previously missing was uh, that true connection with my patient. And now, you know, that the the transparency in my doctor and patient relationship really increased and I began to foster that in my practice.
2: but that's nice. It's nice to hear that you regained that passion. Yes. And instead of like dreading going to work or being like a zombie, now you look forward to it. And that's the way um, my practices, I have such enthusiasm, um, 73 years old, and I just can't wait for my next patient to try to figure out how I can help them, how to think outside the box, how to use homeopathy and
3: other alternative treatments. So that's wonderful. Yes, exactly. And, you know, even with that, though, like there was a little bit of frustration in my optometry, because, you know, I don't know um, how you feel about within ophthalmology practice itself. But I find that within optometry, it is more of a reactive type of healthcare model. And it's not really preventative or curative model. And we often treat conditions we diagnose and you know after we diagnose it uh or like we suspect that there's something going on we actually refer them down to uh different specialists that uh, requires addressing those uh, uh conditions and a lot of times uh it's either treated with medication or surgical uh intervention as uh, the option and you know as uh uh, autometrist, um, you know, the patient is viewing me as just, you know, skilled general eye, uh, eye examinator and just dispenses spectacle. And I realize I am a doctor, but I lacked a lot of tools um, in my toolbox to so actually assist my patients uh, with their healthcare concern and giving them preventive measures and strategies to improve their overall health and um, which will in turn will help with their ocular health. Um, so, I started to uh, apply a lot of my existing skill, but I also enrolled uh, into personal development and coaching seminars, such as like landmark forum, and I also meditated, performed yoga, and I really felt a positive change in my own life and. And I implemented that in my practice where I started actually coaching my patients that within that routine exam with their stress and emotional health. And it really had an impact in their overall health. And I had no idea, you know, the the patient would tell me that, you know, they had no idea um, how optometrists could help them so much more than just nice them mm-hmm. and and it became common that patient would actually show their gratitude with actual big hug and I generally never received that before I shifted my practice into this model um so as I'm implementing um all these in my conversation with my patient, I started to also delve into different uh, uh, ways of diet and lifestyle that can improve uh, patients' uh, overall health as well as eye health. And uh, the impact that I noticed at the follow-up with these patients were also uh, amazing. And You know, I don't know if you heard about uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So he wrote a book on epigenetics. And I began to understand that what I was doing was actually assisting on turning on and off that different Mm -hmm. gene that would possibly influence my patients' lives. So, that's how, in some way, it started in the aspect of treating patients uh, naturally. Uh, already, I was doing it before I actually delved into homeopathy. And, and um one day, unexpectedly, my husband actually um uh, had a patient who actually asked him if he wanted to be evaluated by her. And she was an iridologist. Um, and you may know about iridology. At that time, I had very little knowledge about it through my studies and experience in homeop- uh, the optometry field. And he shared uh, his experience after getting examined by her. And he told me how amazing, amazing it was to um, with the evaluation Um, whatever that she has done, was able to see his overall health and possible future healthcare concerns by just looking at the eye. And I was very intrigued because, you know, I understood um, like what I was looking at structurally when I look at the eye, but, you know, I didn't know there's really the ability to look at how someone's uh, function um, is able to be visibly seen when I when we look at the iris of the eye. So I further delve into uh, the study of uh, iridology, and um, through the study as well as uh, through watching various documentaries, uh, I began to learn more. Um, and one of the um, uh, documentaries I listened to, I uh, Uh, there was a medical expert named uh, Dr. Rehendran. I think uh, you may know because he's a homeopath and also nanomedicine scientist. And something kept repeating itself with all these uh, studies I was doing. And that was um, the best way to treat a person was through homeopathy. And it helped me really better understand homeopathy and the myths surrounding it. And one of the things that Dr. Rahandran explained about the homeopathy and how the remedies worked um, is that by switching the genes at the epigenetic level, drew that drew really my interest because I was very interested in reading the uh, Dr. Uh, Lipton's book. And immediately I knew for sure at this point that this was it. Yeah, this was it. That was what's missing uh, uh, in my um, profession, how I was practicing. So my journey to find the true causes or the root causes uh, um, uh, of the issue that the patient is uh, going through. And by addressing that root cause, instead of just being reactive and chasing their symptoms, which how I was practicing as optometrist. Um that was what it was missing. So now I instantly enrolled uh, into Canadian College of Homeopathic Medicine, where I started my journey into the life of homeopathic. Um, and I completed that three-year study at CCHM. And at the well, school- me, I, Let me ask you and, this. How was yes.
2: your, How was your homeopathic training- different than your optometric training because i'll tell you when i started my homeopathic training i thought oh my goodness why didn't i learn this 20 years ago why didn't he teach us this in medical school yes and i in medical school at times i would fall asleep during lectures but during my homeopathic talks i couldn't write fast enough
3: you know i was just taking notes everything trying to put it all in (laughs) And I think I was the exact same position. And if you ask my uh, colleagues in optometry school, I think I was known for falling asleep. Because <laughs> 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 I would listen and, you know, it certain things interest me, certain things really didn't. But within um, homeopathic education, Yes, everything was so intriguing. Like the yeah. instructor and practitioner were all also from different backgrounds, from nurses, MDs, and naturopath, and all walk of life, and um, just interacting with them and just learning together. Um, but what was the most amazing thing about homeopathy, what I saw uh, while learning uh, how homeopathy worked was that it has changed so many people's lives and I was able to see that and experience it and it was like real life magic so you know when you look at magic shows and you you can't fall asleep you're like oh my god what 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 just happened there you know so that little palette that that they use as a remedy could shift a person's entire well-being their life from like suffering to complete joy it just um it just amazed me and definitely I couldn't fall asleep in that like you can't fall asleep in magic show <laughs> yeah I mean I love it I love it when uh, my patients tell me
2: I don't know what you gave me Dr. Kondra, but I've never felt so good about myself yes. and that just brings joy to me because they they really have they have their life back
3: yes yes exactly exactly Yeah, it's a you know I'll be delving further into how homeopathy works and all that, but you know I I wonder why this uh, particular uh, natural uh, healing method is not um, readily accepted and actually, at least everyone just try once, you know, to see if it works for them. Mm -hmm. And when they do, but but as you know, as you know, in the late (laughs) eighteen
2: hundreds. Yes, early 1900s there was a lot of ophthalmologists who practiced homeopathy yes it's shocking and that's part of my research is looking at the old uh, homeopathic ophthalmologists that practiced and it's just amazing this is before antibiotics and they were treating massive infections inside the eye with common homeopathic remedies and it's just amazing it's just it's just amazing and homeopathy is, uh, but listen, I'm not going to let you off the hook. (laughs) Yes, One of the the hardest things to do is to explain to somebody what is homeopathy. So that's my question to you. What is homeopathy? It's not vitamins and good nutrition and exercise, right? What is homeopathy?
3: So to explain homeopathy, I'm actually going to talk about, you know, how optometrists treat eye problems versus homeopathy, and I'll delve a little bit uh, deeper into it. Um, so. You know, what I know is as a primary eye care professionals, we treat eye problems such as cataract, macular degeneration, uveitis, eye infections. But when we treat these conditions through modern medicine, typically uh, we notice patients returning with the progression of the condition, or there's also other problems that may be linked to other systemic issues that arises. And this is, I believe, because current modern medicine addresses uh, disease of the eye using treatment like uh, steroids, antibiotics, surgery injection that typically suppresses the symptom. So like, for example, uh, my uveitis patient would return each year with a chronic uveitis uh, flare-ups that seem to be more aggressive. And I would find that, you know, I would treat them with a higher frequency of meds or a stronger medication. So I knew there was something else that could help this out. And, and what's amazing about homeopathy is that, you know, I learned that we aren't just treating the symptoms, but rather the whole individual. So modern medicine tends to look at like one issue or symptoms at a time and would consider each symptom as a separate issue from the other. And now considering that, you know, all of them are occurring in that one person that same body and basically current medicine views our body more mechanically like a machine so like a mechanic views a car Um, when car breaks down the mechanic will do different tests to diagnose what's going on and if the brakes are worn out then they'll replace the brakes and if the fluid is leaking then they will Keep topping up the fluid and basically restoring the car back to a working condition and I noticed that in optometry we do very similar thing with the eye where you know if a person has ureitis or uh, which is inflammation inside of the eye like we treat it with a steroid eye drop anti-inflammatory drug which is uh, suppressing that inflammation so and also with a uh, for example wet uh, age-related macular degeneration is basically abnormal growth uh, a uh, no, uh, vessel growing in the back of the eye, in the macula. And we treat with anti-VEGF injection, which uh, stops the growth of the uh, vessel. And we don't consider these conditions in context with uh, you know what the entire individual is experiencing, their totality of symptoms and lifestyles that could cause these conditions to develop or progress or where they are, right? But homeopathy was different. So homeopathy would view the symptoms in a totally different way, like such as I mentioned, the inflammation in the eye, abnormal vessel growth. These are actually the actual external sign of body trying to get well. It is a sign of recovery and healing. And therefore, it is a very important part of body's healing process. And you can make that as enemy as we do trying to suppress it, but we have to make it as a friend. And... We view as a homeopath, the symptoms and disease are actual indication that the body is uh, undergoing a lot of stress and their actual vital force is uh, stressed and weak. And although each individual could have the same disease that each person can experience that condition very differently. And everyone will react as, on, to their stress very uniquely to each situation with internal and external environment and they're trying to the body is trying to maintain their own body's life is to maintain that homeostasis and that's what the symptoms are and we have to observe and really study these symptoms very carefully and in the individual level because you know, in homeopathy, one side doesn't fit. Also. If someone has arthritis, you know, a lot of times uh, in uh, modern medicine, we just give same pain medication. Most times they're treated uh, with a similar same medication. But in homeopathy, each of those arthritic patients can get totally different uh, medication or remedy. We call it a homeopathy. Uh, so, you know, homeopath would dissect all that information about their symptoms and find that particular remedy or medicine that will bring out that healing process for that particular individual. And that remedy is um, same or similar. In the symptom as a disease, and then that would allow the body to deal with that complete set of symptom, and it can lead to reversing that particular disease or condition. You know it it sounds like really old school way of treatment, but today's uh, medical paradigm is uh, quite radical, I, I believe. So you know, When I talk like this, you know, sometimes people will view uh, this like I'm anti-medicine or anti-allopathy, but that is like far from that. I mean, I practice optometry and I'm a firm believer in allopathy, like in acute conditions like crisis, trauma, complex conditions. And there's no profession that does better than allopathy. Like, for example, if I break a femur, I'm definitely relying not relying on the homeopathy, but I'll definitely go as an urgent care in an ER to take a look at it. But when it comes to certain conditions, I think history has shown that allopathy may be the most may not be the most effective uh, method to turn to all the time. Um, so that's a a, a bit of a intro of uh, how homeopathy works. Uh, um, And uh, what are uh, your explains? How would you explain, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Condrat, as far as uh, your view in homeopathy?
2: Well, I um, I always explain to patients that our body has a wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that we're made in the likeness of God, we have a certain intelligence. So we develop a symptom, it's because we need it to maintain homeostasis. For example, I have I get a fever. It's because I need a fever. Maybe I have an infection, and I need an elevated temperature to get rid of that organism. Or if I have diarrhea, I probably need the diarrhea to maybe expel something that poisons that I ate. On the same hand, if you get macular degeneration, your body has a wisdom, and you actually need the wisdom of your body. You need it because of a protective mechanism where to, to make a balance in your body. Um, so in home, traditional medicine treats with opposites. So if you have diarrhea, the doctor will give you something that causes constipation. If you have a fever, the doctor will give you something to lower the temperature. But the homeopath feels, okay, your body has a wisdom. You have diarrhea, I'm giving you a medication which actually causes diarrhea. You may think that's crazy. It's not going to make the diarrhea worse. But mysteriously, the remedy kind of overtakes what the body's trying to do. And it just neutralizes it. For example, when I was cured of my asthma, and I say I was cured because I was taking three medications. I had all kinds of side effects. And my life was miserable because of the side effects. One of the side effects was a bad tremor. You can't be a good surgeon. You can't be a good surgeon if you have a tremor. And when I began investigating homeopathy, if there was going to be a placebo effect, the first remedy should have taken care of me, but it didn't do a thing. It didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And the homeopath was asking me all kinds of questions about your personal life uh, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What foods you like? And I'm thinking, what does this have to do with my asthma? But it has everything to do with the asthma. But finally, the third remedy, it was like somebody turned on the light switch. Not only did my asthma leave, the underlying disturbance in my body left too. I was like overaggressive, type A personality, you know, maybe obsessive compulsive surgeon. And that changed. It kind of like changed my mental state. And it was a miracle. And I said, man alive, I I wish every one of my patients could share this experience of experiencing what true health really is, instead of um, trying to piecemeal the treatment with different medications, and homeopathy was the answer, but now we're getting a lot of questions here. Everybody wants to know, can homeopathy help? Eye problems and uh of course homeopathy can help eye problems now we got two questions about cataracts and i tell patients out of all the eye problems i treat cataracts are probably the most difficult because it has to do with aging everybody over the age of 50 starts to get a cataract i i believe do you agree oh i agree J? yes
3: yes from my experience definitely
2: um so, there was an interesting article that was published in the late 1800s by Dr. Norton. He looked at 295 patients treated homeopathically. Now, in the 1800s, cataract surgery was major. You were in the hospital for a week, sandbags, and it was horrendous. And they didn't have intraocular lenses. You needed real thick glasses. He looked at 295 patients, It was a retrospective study. By that, I mean he looked at patients that were already treated, and he analyzed the data. And interestingly, 55% of the patients either had stability or an improvement. So when you have stability in a cataract, cataracts are supposed to get worse with time, not better. So Mm -hmm. it's like a 55% uh, success rate. But I'm sure you'll agree, Dr. Uh, Jang, that one thing we have to look at with a cataract is the underlying cause and a big cause is uh, the nutritional aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of mission surgery in uh, third world countries, in particular Africa. And you see young people in their twenties and thirties that are blind from cataract, mm-hmm. blind. And it has to do with nutrition, their yeah. lack of vitamin C, lack of trace minerals. So I, I, I really believe food is, is our best medicine. And you really have to look at your diet. Uh, another interesting factor about cataracts the um, Bureau of Indian Health recommended that every cataract patient should use ciner- Cineraria maritima eye drops. Although I haven't found them very successful mm-hmm. in reversing cataracts, I think the Cineraria is good to prevent the progression. Mm-hmm. But if you want your cataracts treated, I think you have to treat, you know, we, we don't treat the cataract, we treat the person. So when you come in with a cataract, I wanna know more about you. When did the cataract develop, um, your lifestyle, other associated health issues, whether it stresses, and that can lead to the homeo- a homeopathic remedy mm-hmm. that'll help But Not the homeopathic remedy alone. I think sometimes you need dietary changes, you gotta investigate heavy metals, and And things like that. Uh, somebody else asked here, is there a way to dissolve cataracts? Well, Dr. Norton's study was kind of interesting that many of the patients who had an improvement of vision, and this blew my mind, many of the patients who had an improvement of vision had no change in the cataract. So you know, vision isn't more is more than just uh, uh, you know, a cataract. There's so many other factors involved.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm sure you agree with me, Dr. Zhang. You'll see patients that are seeing 2020, but they have mm-hmm. unbelievable complaints. Yeah, wow. I see 20-20, but the, they're, the letters are double and they're blurred, or somebody else will come in and they're able to see the big E on the eye
3: chart and they have no visual complaints. They shouldn't be driving, but they drive. Oh, yeah, right. I see that all the time and you know sometimes uh, you know the cataract actual um, objective uh, uh, test, one patient and the other patient looks very similar in the grade of uh, how uh, severe their cataract is, but one patient will see like 2020 and the other sees 2030. So I always mm. wonder like well, what is the cause of that? They look very similar in the uh, cloudness and the, the the grade of the cataract. So yeah, definitely I see that quite a lot.
2: Yeah, and I've had patients Mm -hmm. under homeopathic treatment have a marked improvement of vision, but very, very little change in their cataract. Mm -hmm. So remember, we're treating the patient and their vision. We're not treating um, a cataract. But I I just want to make a statement that Mm -hmm. I don't want people out there to think that they can abandon traditional eye care. Uh, You know, I wear two hats. I'm a board certified ophthalmologist and a homeopathic doctor. And Dr. Jang, you're certified in optometry Mm -hmm. and you're a homeopath. And you have to really uh, approach the patient uh, and give them the best advice. Sometimes you do need surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with glaucoma. There's a question here about glaucoma, uh, open angle, advanced glaucoma. You know, these are people that m- may need to take their eye drops. They may need surgery, but homeopathy treats the underlying disturbance. And, um, uh, you know, homeopathy can help even even in um, cases that traditional eye doctors have given up. You know, there's there's no hope. Nothing can be done. Sometimes you see a miracle. Uh, with homeopathy. So if you're listening out there, there's a couple ways you can uh, ask Dr. Jang a question. You can raise your hand and I'll unmute you and you can talk or you can go into the Q&A and uh, type a question. So I see a lot of familiar names up there. So all you have to do is raise your hand. How do you raise your hand? Uh, That's a good question. I think there's a little hand button like this, because we can't see you. You don't have your, um,
0: the camera's not on. Ah, Sue has a question. Let me, okay, you're permitted to talk, Sue. You have to unmute yourself. Okay, I think Sue, do you hear us? Uh, Sue? Oh, she's not coming through. It looks like you're unmuted. Uh, Let me go to Annette. Annette, let me... Wait a
2: second here. I'll talk. Annette? Unmute yourself and you can talk.
1: Hi, can you hear me now?
2: Yep. Is that Annette
1: talking? It is.
2: Hi, Annette. Thanks for joining the radio show.
1: Uh, Yes, thanks for putting it on. I'm amazed I get to ask a question. Um, So since I'm here, (laughs) oh dear, I don't like to say I've got, uh, I just discovered a year ago that I have uh, cataracts more uh, more prevalent, shall we say, in my right eye, to the point where I saw an optometrist, and he said that the my prescription. Oh, I should say I'm, I've been nearsighted since I was in grade, since I was about eight, mm. and that was sixty years ago. So, um, uh, yes. So he said that there would be a significant increase in my in my diopters. Uh, for my correction. And then I had a bunch of uh, issues getting in touch with him, but I'm going to have a retinal consult quite soon. So I guess uh, my question, I also got in touch with the uh, natural eye care people. Let's see, who did I? Hmm. Sorry, I don't know if I can think of the name. I was listening to someone's show and there was an uh, optometrist or an ophthalmologist on and they are they have a uh sort of a natural health care i guess site with uh, uh supplements anyway long, long story short uh but i think they're called natural eye care um so I'm taking what are called uh, cataract pellets, uh, the homeopathic with cineraria and some other things in it. Uh, and if you want to know more, I can tell you more. But my question for you would just be, I guess, general, I don't even know what to ask. What, what do you have to suggest to me? Because I very, oh, and I should say for the past year, I went back also to uh, Dr. Bates, some people that are uh, teaching uh, uh, natural eye care, so doing a lot of uh, things for my eyes. And I'll, I'll just. Uh, do you have any questions? Do you have any comments? Oh my, well, of course I should say my aim. It's a lot for me to pack into a minute here. My aim would be uh, to get a correction i believe i can so that it'll take it'll be at least up to driving i don't use a full prescription i use a cut back prescription of uh, 2040 for driving 2060 for every day and i that's more than enough and actually my eyes are much more comfortable when i'm without my glasses so i'm going without my glasses now this goes further than homeopathy into into uh, natural eye care. But that gives you a little picture, and I'm going to turn it over now.
3: Okay, Dr. Chang so as we mentioned with the cataracts you know if you haven't already done so I would really look into your lifestyle your diet first and see uh what further things that you can improve on what you put in your body shifts um how uh you respond uh, as far as the different symptoms and different condition that may appear in your uh, uh state and for your case it's a cataract you said in the right eye is that correct yes yeah more so. more so so, Much more so. Yeah, so I'll definitely look into how's your diet. Um, you know, raw uh, vegetable fruit diet is very important. Uh, I has a lot. Of,
1: yeah, I do eat. I do eat vegetables and fruit. I eat two fair sized salads a day, mm-hmm. and one is lettuce based, and one is cabbage baked cabbage and you know, and kale and all red peppers and all the good
3: things. Very good. So if Parents you're already doing so,
1: garlic. Uh, lots of things, two salads a day. So I don't think I'm my diet is pretty
3: good. Very good. And And I'm
1: taking a whole raft of of supplements as well. Yes.
3: Okay. Yes. And uh, how about the vitamin C? I know Dr. Conjured also talked about the vitamin C.
1: A ton. When I had I had an mm-hmm. active kind of uh, infect, sinus infection. I still have a bit of infection in my gum, but I was taking like seven to eight thousand a day. Now I'm down to four as mm-hmm. a kind of a maintenance. I'm taking uh, my vitamin D mm-hmm. and magnesium and K2 and anything else.
3: Um, something to watch out just to add with the supplement is you uh, make sure that you're getting right source um, a lot of these supplements uh especially vitamin c can be dri- driven from the uh, uh, corn and uh, that can be more harmful with all the processing um, mm. and also there could be a lot of chemicals so uh, oh I, I eat yeah. I,
1: I, I, I want to say I, I go to the health food store I don't go to the drug store everything is
3: top top flight excellent. Um, Another thing that I would recommend looking into is uh, your toxin levels. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The lead, uh, the metals uh, that possibly accumulate in your body that you don't know, that can impact early cataracts or progression of cataracts. So there's a way that um, you can actually check your toxins. And I think Dr. Condred, you may have a better uh, explanation how that can be done. Because within uh, optometry, a lot of times I would have to order. Them and I'm sure you're MD, so you were able to um, get all the tests done yourself. Um, so, if you can elaborate that for me, that'd be awesome.
2: Yeah, there's studies have shown that elevated lead is linked to cataracts. Uh-huh. And of course, I think everybody I've yet to meet a person who doesn't have elevated lead because we grew up at a time when there was leaded gasoline, leaded paint, leaded pencils,
0: mm-hmm. it's in our
2: water and our atmosphere. Everybody has lead, uh, but that. Should be evaluated, and the only way to do that is a, a urine challenge test. If I would check your lead uh, in your urine or blood, it could be normal. you could be dying of lead poisoning, but the urine and blood would be normal because the lead goes into the bone, the brain, and the eye. You need to take a chelating agent to loosen that lead, then measure it. It's called a six-hour um, urine test. But you know, based on homeopathic principles, if it, you know. We're treating you, not your cataract. So the yes. first question I would ask you, how is the cataracts affecting you?
1: Uh, uh, well, it's it's been you know, I think it really brings up an underlying fear about life. And am I going to be okay? And then here I hit this wall that i can't I can't just scale it. I can't seem to get around. It's like I'm gonna have to go through this thing and it and it it's been a it was a real challenge the last year. uh my my right eye has been uh really blurry. I can still like hmm, I, I gotta say, I think my vision is improving. But uh, I can still read like the screen with my left eye. But with the right eye, it's been extremely blurry. But now I notice that I'm starting to be able to read it a little bit. So that's a good sign. Uh, how it's affected. Yeah, it just it really scared me. It really brought up a lot of fear. And See, this, uh, this is where this
2: is where this is where homeopathy can come in, because yeah, exactly. you want to treat a lot of times, um, it's the emotional state that brings okay. on a physical disease. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh, now, if uh-huh. I was
2: doing an in-depth homeopathic evaluation on like you, and we right. can't do it on the radio show, exactly, I yep. would want to know fears <laughs> you had as a child. Sure. Uh, what are your triggers? Uh, how the fears and anxieties are affecting you? Uh, we would go into all that detail. And all of a sudden, magically, we come up with a homeopathic remedy. And the remedy uh, will not only treat uh, the, the mental emotional aspects, but it'll treat the cataract. See, the cataract is just a small smidgen of what's going on in you. But most people feel more comfortable going to the eye doctor and say, I got a cataract. I don't it's, want to talk about what's going on in their life.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm really into this. <laughs> and in fact, in fact, well, then, yeah, you're I'm perfect.
2: Awesome. You're perfect for homeopathy. <laughs>
1: I have gone and done a whole invest I've done I've worked with this stuff for the last 30 years all about all about me and my fears and all of the stuff I've gone through in life I just want to say quickly I have worked with people who can re- this is going way out there maybe, but who can read your energy, they can uh, and see what's happening. And I've tracked it back to where did this start in my life. And I'm working on all of that clearing that angle as well, which is huge, because the the whole thing, you know, um, was uh, connected with things that I came into this lifetime with, to obviously work on but also something, you know, a, a couple things in this life, the setup of this lifetime, and something that happened when I was two that made me decide I don't want to see. So I I'm I've, I've done quite a bit, but I find this in your your question did point me to something, a very interesting connection, how this is intrinsic.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I want. We have a, a lot of other people that have some questions, yes, and we told you it has has help, helped you. But I would definitely consider getting a homeopathic uh, evaluation.
1: Exactly, sounds good. Okay,
2: we have um, Purvis. I hope that I'm pronouncing it right.
0: Is it Purvis or Purvey? You have to unmute yourself to talk. Uh, you have to unmute yourself. Ask to unmute. I'm clicking ask to unmute. I guess he's not coming through.
2: We have a question here. I'm 83. My eyesight was okay up to now. Went for an eye exam, and now he has age-related macular degeneration. Wet in the left, dry in the right. They told him, you need injections twice a month from now on. I'm a, natu- I'm a big believer of natural remedies. Uh, should I reject injections? I have no trust in our pharmaceutical-driven medical care. While well, you're at the right place, I don't have any trust in the pharmaceutical. But, you know, wet macular degeneration is a, a very serious. And uh, I'm against injections. And usually what I tell my patients, embrace natural treatments. If your eyes are stable or your vision is getting better, you don't need the injections. But if you're doing homeopathy, microcurrent, light therapy, you're doing all these things and your vision is getting better, you don't need them. But unfortunately, a lot of times all the doctors know is injections. Why not try to find out what's going on in your life? why you're getting the the bleeding in your in your retina and let's treat that we're treating you we're not just treating the leakage so Dr. Jang you want to make some comments
3: yeah and um, from my experience um, I definitely uh, diagnose a lot of wet macular degeneration and a lot of times when I uh, see a patient and I actually further delve into um, a little bit of their history and the reason a lot of times that dry uh, macular degeneration turns into wet macular degeneration where they were very stable and suddenly they come in with a one eye vision reduced, there are always uh, something that happened uh, around that time uh, that there's a stress or an emotional aspect of it. And to give an example, one patient came in and basically around uh, before that vision loss, just a few weeks ago, her husband passed away. And obviously that's a huge emotional loss. So I find that, yes, there's so much linked to your physical changes into uh, with uh, many of our trapped emotions and mental stresses. And that really need to be uh, focused on because if you make that a separate entity and doesn't take care of that, that root cause the physical aspect will continue to manifest. And I believe that homeopathy is uh, one of the method to actually delve into that and actually help with
2: that. Yeah, I had an interesting Mm -hmm. patient uh, with advanced uh, wet macular degeneration in the left eye. And I was talking to him and, you know, about his life, what he does. And he was a businessman and he said, and this was his motion. He said, my partner blindsided me on a business deal. used the word blindsided him. He was pointing to the left side. And that's when he developed the wet macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. So that was the entry point to find out the homeopathic remedy. Because if you believe the body has a wisdom, Mm -hmm. and we develop these symptoms, uh, because of to protect ourselves. And I have a theory that Macular degeneration. What happens when you get macular degeneration? You get blurring of your central vision. I'm 73, but I have the energy maybe of a 30-year-old. But I don't like to look in the mirror and see this old guy. So if it's too overwhelming for me, I'm going to develop macular degeneration yes. to protect myself. Then I look in the mirror and it's blurry and I'm thinking, hey, you're good-looking guy. <laughs>
3: and you know, further to uh, mention about that, um, you know, uh, similar, like I had a similar experience uh, when I was young, where um, I found out through a course called InfoVision a few years ago that I, you can see I wear glasses, and I'm very highly myopic, I'm minus five. And from that course, I learned that when I first came to Canada, And on my first day of school, I was extremely stressed because I didn't speak any English and, and I was the only Asian uh, uh, student also at that school so they were so intrigued by me and they would walk towards me and start talking and trying to play with me just wanting to know me, but I was so overwhelmed uh, that my defense mechanism at that time was that uh, I was blurring out everything. So I remember I see all these people coming up, but I couldn't see their face. I was just blurring out because I didn't want to see it and I didn't want to deal with it. And from then on, I had actually 20-20 vision and my vision started to deteriorate to myopic state. So uh, definitely there's some emotional and other mm-hmm. aspect that can shift your vision to even needing glasses as well. Yeah, where the myopic state and these um, nearsightedness, we find that it's structural issues, but emotional state can actually change your structural issues uh, of uh, nearsightedness and um, that aspect of it, yeah.
2: um, Carol has a question here. Can homeopathy dissolve cataracts? I wouldn't use the word dissolve. Homeopathy can treat the symptoms of cataracts. Homeopathy can treat a person with cataracts, but uh, I never talk. What difference does it make if you come for treatment for homeopathy and your vision improves and you're happy, but you still have cataracts? What difference does it make? I have cataracts and But I'm functioning fine. Maybe I have a little bit of trouble driving at night, um, but I don't need surgery. So you have to sort of change your focus. We, we're not really treating a disease. We're treating you, your vision, and your function. Uh, Perves, I don't know if you can talk now. Your microphone seems to be okay, but we're not hearing you. Hello. Oh, hello! Yes. yeah.
4: Hello. You finally I'm got through. Good. I'm not so good on the computer. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're, you're live. Yes. Thank you. So my husband has advanced glaucoma, he's clinically blind, but, um, I'm a retired homeopath and I, I just can't give up. I feel somehow I have to be able to help him and, uh, He's had so many surgeries, procedures, and they've all made him worse. And now he refuses to have any more. Every time his vision has gotten worse after any procedure or surgery, he's on five types of different eye drops. Now he's also got limbal stem cell deficiency in the left eye. So he's on more drops. And uh, I just don't want to give up.
2: Yeah, well, it's important not not to give up. And I believe that there's always hope. And sometimes the most complex case has just a simple solution. Yeah. So do not not give up. And I have to tell you, one of my best patients uh, was a lady that was totally blind in both eyes. And I treated her homeopathically for two years. Uh And I helped her so much not only to deal with her blindness, but it, it like something amazing happened to her. her, all of her senses improved. And I used to joke with her. I used to say, uh, Lynette, uh, you have no vision, but you see everything. I have two good eyes and I see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, so homeopathy and, really you know, helped, helped her. Yeah.
4: I, I just feel intuitively that it will, but somehow I've, I'm failing him, you know? Well, don't
2: you? You don't be don't be hard on yourself. You're not giving up, and that's no. the important thing.
4: Also, my son is an optometrist, and he wanted to know. He was listening to part of this conversation. Then he had to take his son for soccer, but he wanted to know um, about the legal consequences and liability as an optometrist, and can you get malpractice insurance? And also a lot of patients can't afford the treatment as as homeopathic treatments are expensive. So he asked me to ask this question.
2: Well, I don't think homeopathic treatments are expensive. Unfortunately, the time that the doctor spends, I mean, typically when I do a homeopathic intake, I may spend an hour, but then it may be 30, 40 minutes afterwards analyzing the case. Uh, you know, your typical ophthalmologist may spend five minutes with you. Yeah. That unfortunately, time is is necessary. And I think, I don't think you can put a value. If you get the right homeopathic remedy, it's priceless. I know. It's priceless. I know. And somebody else asked that um, distance homeopathic evaluations. Most homeopathic doctors now are now doing distance, mm. you know, because of COVID. I know many many homeopathic doctors, including myself, uh, we do distance, but I do require that I I get a copy of your eye records. That's essential. So it's like me doing an eye exam. Yeah. So Uh, that's
4: also hard to get from an ophthalmologist because this now seen just once a year, I could do something with my uh, optometrist because he's my son, but- um, No, you should should get your son to
2: get interested in homeopathy. We have a group, uh, on a Facebook group, you go to homeopathic ophthalmology. It's a Facebook group, and we have eye doctors there who uh, practice homeopathy or are interested in homeopathy.
4: Actually, my son is very interested. It's just that he, at the moment, he's working really hard to feed his family and doesn't have the time, but Deep down, I know he feels like Dr. Jang does that, Jang does that, you know, it's just like not so exciting to do optometry anymore. He gets the more difficult cases, but even then his heart's not really in it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he
4: can always do it
2: part-time. Yeah. You know, when I converted, I still ran my medical and surgical practice and I did extra time, maybe one yeah. or two patients a week. I just spent the extra time with them. Okay. To develop my skill, but then finally, I loved homeopathy so much I quit my medical and surgical practice and yeah. did homeopathy full time because I loved it. I would get up in the morning and I just couldn't wait to get to work.
4: Yeah. So, what about the insurance aspect? If he does optometry and homeopathy, would that be a problem?
2: Um, I think that you have to look at homeopathy as nutrition. An optometrist would never get into trouble prescribing a vitamin. Mm. So you have to look more at homeopathy as nutrition. I mean, it's not nutrition, right. But according to the law, you know, uh, you know, you can buy homeopathic remedies in any health food store.
0: They're I not know. regulated.
2: I know. Yeah. So as an optometrist, he could say, uh, "Why don't you try this homeopathic remedy?" he's not selling it he's making a recommendation like why don't you try some extra vitamin c
1: yeah
2: so that's one way to uh to get around it you're using homeopathy as a um uh like a nutritional supplement i mean it's surely not yeah so where, just, where do you
4: practice you're a homeopath you where
2: do you practice
4: oh no i'm retired now i'm 76.
2: Hey, hey, a homeopath never retires. Samuel Hahnemann was 83 when he did his work, best work. I don't I want to hear that.
4: Help <laughs> My family and close friends, but because I'm a caregiver as well, I, it's now hard for me. But my son is definitely interested. And I'm hoping that he's going <laughs> to
3: take this I, up. And I just want to add, uh, you know, how you mentioned about uh, studying is hard uh, while you're practicing optometry and having children. Yes, it's uh, definitely you have to make the time. But uh, currently, a lot of schools, uh, especially where I studied, uh, Canadian College of uh, uh, Homeopathic Medicine, they actually do online uh, courses as well. And uh, you have an option to do in person or online. And uh, you have quite a freedom to, um, you know, it's a three-year course but you have a freedom to complete the requirement somewhat in your time. So it is quite flexible and it can be done. And if uh, your son has any question regarding about that, I can definitely talk to him about it as well.
2: Okay. Thank you. On the screen, um, Dr. Sarah's uh, contact information. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And then uh, Dr. Sarah and I, we're going to be working together. Great. of a team approach because now that uh, we're finding more um eye doctors who are doing homeopathy we were going to collaborate and you know share information to try to get the best results for you okay
0: thank you thank okay. you okay well we're we're
2: coming to a close and i want to thank uh doctor Dr. Jank, so much for taking time. And you will be a guest again. So (laughs) you did a a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And I I really hope that um, people that are tuning in really look at uh, homeopathy as, I think, one of the best methods to really regaining your health and your vision. But unfortunately, it's not simple. It's not like I, I get to question all the time. I have macular degeneration. What's a good homeopathic remedy? I can't tell you. If I treat 100 people with macular degeneration, each one may need a different remedy.
3: Uh, Dr. Zhang, any closing comments? Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity, uh, Dr. Conrad, and also your courage and uh, your leadership, your passion to help patients and colleagues and, um, you know, you're busy as a a practitioner and, uh, you know, you opened that schedule to uh, share um, how natural uh, uh, care can uh, help with uh, ocular health and overall health of body and specifically homeopathy. And so I thank you for your service, Dr. Conrad.
2: Oh, thank you. Now, some people may be listening to the replay just on audio. So Dr. Sarah Jang's phone number is 289-808-8099. And her email is sarah.jang, J-A-N-G at gmail.com. So that's a way to get a hold of her. And go to healthyvision.us and uh, register, and we'll be keeping you up to date on future uh, broadcasts. The end of June, I have Dr. Mitch Fleischer, who's a brilliant integrative, uh, functional medical doctor, who's going to be talking about all the things that he's doing in his practice to help people that are suffering with eye disease. So I think that's going to be a really, really Good interview. And if any of you listening, you're an eye doctor and you want to learn more, uh, go to Facebook, uh, homeopathic ophthalmology. Just put that in the search engine and you can join our group. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thank you. Blessings to everyone. Bye.
0: You too. Bye.